This is About Space, America's Return to Space, with news and information on our U.S. space program. From our About Space Today World Headquarters, I'm John Gomez. This week in space, Intuitive Machines' lunar lander has made it to the surface of the moon, and even though it may have tipped over, the payloads and experiments can be deployed. The James Webb Space Telescope has found a galaxy larger than our own, and it's upending what astronomers know about how the universe was formed. Finally, a congressional subcommittee is talking about what's happening with the International Space Station and beyond. These stories and more next, as America and the world is listening to About Space Today. Did you know Carnival Cruise Lines had a chief fun officer? Welcome to the Carnival 30-minute tour. Hey, Shaq. It's a 30-second tour. No, man, it's like... Welcome to the Carnival 30-minute tour. Welcome aboard! It's a 30-second tour. Oh, Shaq! No, man, it's like... Now it's 26. Mini golf. Welcome aboard! Take this man to be your husband. Sky ride. Mini golf. Relax, relax, relax. You take this man to be your husband. Carnival Cruise Basketball. So call D&D Cruise and Tours and sail on a carnival cruise from Columbus Port Canal, Fort Lauderdale, or Miami. We are the official About Space Travel Company. Call 877. 747-8631 or email david.ddcruiseandtours at gmail.com and have a fun cruise. Welcome back. A congressional subcommittee has begun to explore the options going forward when the International Space Station is decommissioned sometime around the end of this decade. About Space Today's executive news editor David Denault has been following those hearings. David, what's going on on Capitol Hill? John, the subcommittee which oversees NASA and the science, space exploration, and technology has now begun to look at the continued Earth low orbit or LEO possibilities. Chairman Brian Babin had these remarks. Today's subcommittee hearing will address the ongoing activities of the United States in low Earth orbit and as well as the path to a future low Earth orbit that is occupied by a range of government, private, and international actors. Over 20 years ago, the United States established a continuous human presence in space through the International Space Station, which we all know as the ISS, weighing over 900,000 pounds and spanning the distance of a football field, the International Space Station is the largest single human-built structure in space. This one-of-a-kind research platform orbits 250 miles above Earth at 17,500 miles per hour and offers researchers several unique scientific opportunities, including access to a consistent microgravity environment and the extreme conditions of outer space. Not only is the ISS a technological wonder, but it also represents impressive achievements in international cooperation and foreign policy. The ISS partnership involves five space agencies from 15 countries, and researchers from over 100 countries have conducted science tied to the ISS. Congress has extended the lifespan of the ISS program multiple times, most recently directing NASA to continue operations until 2030. 
While ISS continues to yield several impressive scientific discoveries, the station is showing signs of aging. NASA has solicited industry input for a U.S. deorbit vehicle capable of safely deorbiting the station by burning it up on reentry. Congress must consider the United States' objectives for low-Earth orbit, also known as LEO, and plan for a future that does not rely on the ISS. Selecting the correct approach will depend upon a range of factors. Finally, we must understand the developing commercial marketplace for LEO activities and services. How can commercial providers facilitate NASA goals? Will these commercial uh, capabilities be available before retirement of ISS? Also, cannot forget that America already faces international competition in LEO. When ISS was constructed, it was the only facility of its kind. Today, the Chinese Communist Party operates a space station that has hosted uh, Taikonauts in LEO since 2021. The CCP has also solicited international partnerships to conduct research activities on this station. If another station is not operable by the time ISS retires, the Chinese station may be the only human-occupied station available to scientists for LEO research. A member of the House subcommittee is Central Florida's representative, Daniel Webster. So I'll recognize my friend from uh, Florida, Mr. Webster. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Dr. Dittmer, the, is, would one of the options be to uh, keep the uh, ISS afloat? I'm inclined to defer to Mr. Bowersox, but let me just give you a quick uh, Having an uncertain end date for the International Space Station is really detrimental to commercial development of low-Earth orbit because it creates a great deal of uncertainty with regard to investors. And so while there is an option to continue, a technical option um, to continue ISS, and one of our recommendations is that it does stay in orbit until there's a commercial platform that's, th that's there or launching there, um, not one second longer, not one second longer would be our perspective. So um, I just want to emphasize that our approach to um, avoiding any gap in low Earth orbit is to do everything we can to make the commercial LEO development, uh, the commercial LEO destinations available before 2030. Um, we're, we're committed to deorbit ISS starting in 2030, um, and, and we're going to work with you to try and get the resources to do that. Okay, so if that be the case, um well, number one, the uncertainty would go away if we were to plan for a extended life. I guess you could do that uh, or something else. But now I'm hearing, I heard uh, 2028 because the Russians have problems so forth. They want to do that. Now they're down to 2025 could be that day. So that's pretty uncertain in itself. So um, how, what are the benefits and advantages of of space stations uh, that are commercial space stations as part of this solution, okay? There, we understand there'd be a scientific advantage to having those, but, but what else would uh, it be able, how, how would that benefit us in the uh, sort of the decommissioning of the current ISS? Well, so um, we've got commitment from our Russian partners to go through 2028. 
Um, and our, the rest of the ISS partners are working towards 2030 as the, the last date for full utilization. And then ISS deorbit would start after that point. Um, we expect that our Russian partners will work to see what they can do after 2028. They have some technical concerns. They also have some budget concerns. Um, a lot of the reason that they ha haven't extended past 2028 is just the way their budget system works. And we have a really good technical relationship with our Russian partners, and uh, and we're looking forward to hearing from them that they're ready to to stay with us through 2030. Uh, that's very important. I'm just jump in really quickly here. I will say Axiom and and Voyager, and I'm sure, are working very diligently to make certain that we have capabilities on orbit prior to the end of ISS decommissioning. I mean, prior to the end end of of life. It appears Congress is taking a very serious look at the ISS and beyond. John, back to you. David, with Axiom building their own slightly larger space station, what does this mean for NASA going John, forward? John, what I think is very important for NASA is that they will have an alternative to continue their exploration in low Earth orbit. Axiom will actually be connected to the International Space Station as it builds several modules before they separate and the ISS returns to Earth. Does this mean they'll be relying exclusively on private companies like SpaceX and Axiom for resupply missions and astronaut transport? The answer to that question is yes. NASA as well as Axiom will all rely on private contractors to supply a launch vehicle to get there as well as astronaut training. So this is going to be a component that I think will be very favorable to both NASA and the developers of the new space station, Axiom. David, I think the last question that I have for you is, does all of this mean that NASA is going all in on the Artemis missions? For NASA, it means simply that they will be relying on their commercial crew program and the commercial partner program, and that way they can now use funds for their Artemis program. Is it going to be an all in, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it depends on the budgets from Congress and how fast we can move to develop the Artemis program that we can just routinely land women and men on the moon. David Denault, About Space Today's executive news editor, thank you for reporting on This Week in Space. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, About Space Today, for launches and landings, and invite your family and friends to listen weekly. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, Lipson, iHeart, PodBay, and more. Be sure to join David Denault every month for Special Report and Don Meyer every Friday for America in Space. To all of our listeners around the world and here in the U.S., thanks for joining me. I'm John Gomez, and this has been About Space Today. <laughs>